Welcome or welcome back to the company of the cat. I hope you had a great week. Today's video is ranting about my favorite, second favorite subject to rant about, Andals. House of the Dragon told us about the dream Aegon had. The thing is, many people before Aegon dreamed of a unified Westeros and tried to unite it by force. And oh, what a surprise, in the end, it didn't work all that well. I will talk about the Andals, more specifically Hugot of the Hill, the first wave of Andals, and we will talk a little bit more about our boy Carlon again. I was thinking of talking about the faith in general, but it's gonna be a different video at some point. So without further ado, let's begin. I had a very hasty made timeline in my Valyrian schism video, but here I estimated the dates as best as I could, and I started counting from our current date since our main sources are from the reign of Roberts. In-universe sources suggest that the Long Night took place 6,000 years ago, and Martin said that it is closer to 5,000 years ago and not 10 or 8 like it is written in true history. So the Long Night happened 6,000 years ago with 5,000 years ago, and Valyria hardly began to rise 5,000 years ago right after the Long Night. We have three dates for the Andal invasion. Two, four, and 6,000 years ago, and I think all of them are correct. There were three big waves due to different reasons, and today I will talk about the first wave that happened, I believe, around 6,000 years ago. The weird thing with Andals is that for a race that has won the majority of the conquests and battles, and has written a big chunk of history from their side, we do not know some very important things, like when they arrived in Westeros, for example. Between 6,000 years ago and 2,000 years ago, there is a huge gap. And the same goes for their place of origin. The land south of the current of Sea and the Axe are not very close. And these are the two possible places of origin. Another issue is the fact that maesters and in general people all over the books, like some, say that the first men didn't have written stuff, at least not many, and for sure not detailed. And you know what? This is bullshit. What they were doing in the ancient and huge citadel? Also, the numbers in the accounts on the wall don't make any sense, and the lists are incomplete. We know that the first men came around 12,000 years ago with 10,000 years ago, according to most sources, but the true history obviously has a different date. Only the 8,000 years ago date they put forward doesn't make sense, because then, according to them, the first men were not in Westeros during the Long Night when we know they were, since they put the same date for the Long Night too, 8,000 years ago. In general, the dates in the true history try to push the arrival of the Andals forward and the Long Night backwards. If we take the latest date that most sources suggest for the coming of the First Men, we have 10,000 years ago, and the First Andals came 4,000 years after the Pact. So around 6,000 with 5,000 years ago, meaning the reason for that Andal migration wave was not Valyria, since they hadn't started their expansion yet. And I know that we are talking about stuff that happened thousands of years ago, but I find it suspicious to say the least that they are suggesting dates for other events, like the Long Night or the arrival of the First Men, and they are even disagreeing with accounts that don't agree with them but they don't know shit about the coming of the Andals, even though the Citadel was very well established at that point, and rich didn't suffer losses like the rest of the continent from the Andals, since there were marriages and not wars. Something doesn't add up.
Hugo of the Hill was the first king of the Andals in Andalus. His realm was spreading from the hills of northern Andalus to the flatlands in the south, and the seven promised him and his descendants great kingdoms in a foreign land. The Andals, at least the first wave, didn't come to Westeros because of the Valyrian expansion. Hugo had a vision about Westeros. At least this is what the followers of the seven say. The seven-pointed star speaks of a golden land surrounded by towering mountains. When Hugo of the Hill received his vision, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Everywhere they proclaimed the triumph of the seven over the old gods. The seven-pointed star went everywhere the Andals went. Born before them on seals and banners, embroidered on the surcoats, sometimes incised on their very flesh. In their zeal for the seven, the conquerors look upon the old gods of the first men and the children of the forest as little more than demons, and fell upon the weirwood groves sacred to them with steel and fire, destroying the great white trees wherever they found them and hiking out their carved faces. Sweeping through the veil with fire and sword, the Andals began the conquest of Westeros. It's agreed by the septons, the singers and the maesters alike that the first place where the Andals landed was on the fingers in the Vale of Arryn. Carvings of the seven-pointed star are scattered upon the rocks and stone throughout the area, a practice that eventually fell out of use as the Andals' conquest progressed. They came horny for battle and the kingdoms the seven promised them. They didn't come because of the Valyrian expansion. At least the first wave did not. The way that came 4,000 years ago, yes, it makes sense for them to leave because of the freehold. But the first Andal Wars we learn about had a very specific goal. Getting the kingdoms they were promised and uniting the whole of Westeros through faith. They tried over and over again to conquer the Iron Islands and the reason was the faith. That was their goal, for the whole Westeros to have the same religion. At first, the new Andal king sought to force worship of the Seven on the Ironborn, but the Ironborn would not have it. Even though we do not know what exactly was in Hugo's vision, I am pretty sure it was more than golden land and mountains. They wanted to spread the faith at whatever cost. A dream about Westeros with a goal to unite all people under one banner sounds pretty much like Aegon's conquest. The difference is in their beliefs. The Andal's goal was one nation under God, for everyone to be followers of the faith and they fought for the religion, the only true God that will save them from the dark whenever that happens. It sounds like both dreams were about a Westeros united at any cost and kingdoms in the West. Pretty much this is the main idea, and obviously the person that has the dream believes that they must unite them, but always in a wrong way, because as I said in my previous video about the prophecies, War is not the way to unite people. I know. Shocking. In any case, I'm not 100% sure that the dream Aegon saw involved the others exactly, or it was just a foreign race, white demons, darkness, cold, or something similar. Because we have seen over and over again, both in the novels and in the House of the Dragon, that the dreams don't show exactly what is going to happen, much less in detail. Also, Aegon wasn't that involved with Westeros before, so it is possible he heard stories and myths about the others and the cold after, especially when he went north, and he put two and two together. The reason I'm mentioning this is that if it was about a foreign race or about white demons or some other vague thing like most dreams are, then it would explain the way Andals acted. If Hugo's dream was similar, and from the events we know it sounds like it was, when they saw the children of the forest and the vampire white trees that they considered demons, they flipped out, because everyone was acting freaking insane when they reached Westeros. 
carving stars on rocks and on their chests, burning and killing. The only weirwoods they left in the south made sure wouldn't receive sacrifices. They wanted to unite Westeros under one god as much as Aegon wanted to be king of all Westeros. The north was their dorm. They couldn't reach and take it, but with time, northerners stopped almost completely the sacrifice, etc. Like the Targaryens, fought so hard to conquer Dorne, and in the end it was through marriages that it became a part of the kingdom, and still with very loose connections. The thing is, the preservation and protection of the Weirwoods was a clause in the pact, and if the first Andal started cutting them down, it could easily cause the shit to hit the fan faster and trigger the Long Night, the others, or whatever else would trigger by the breaking of the pact. Good morning, it's another day. This is why I probably sound different. Now, the gods promised him and his descendants great kingdoms in a foreign land. So I don't think Hugor was just the king in Essos, he was also the one that led the first wave of Andals in Westeros too, and I will explain why right away. Sweeping through the Vale with fire and swords, the Andals began their conquest of Westeros. Their iron weapons and armors suppressed the bronze which the first men still fought, and many first men perished in this war. It was a war, or a series of many wars, which likely lasted for decades. Robert the Second Royce united the houses and the clans of the first men that still held out against the Andals and was proclaimed High King of the Vale of Figures and the Mountains of the Moon. Finally united under a single ruler, the first men went to win many victories against the Andals. King Robert had his seat down, he didn't attack all Andals everywhere to drive them from his source, instead he warred upon one enemy at a time, often making common cause with one other chief to bring down another, and even though it was pretty well known that at some point the first men were gaining serious ground, the Andals united under the kingship of Artisarin, founder of House Arin, when Robert crushed an unnamed king known as Hammer of the Hills beneath the walls of Ironhounds. After that event, the Andals put aside their differences and united beneath the banner of one single warlord. They chose as a leader Ser Artis Arryn, who was not a king, a prince, or even a lord, but only a knight, a young man of an age with King Robert, so around 17 at the time. And I'm asking, why? Why did they chose him? Up until that point, Artis was just an excellent knight, a very young one at that, but that doesn't mean anything, they didn't know if he could make a good leader. In the end he was, but they didn't have a reason to choose him before that. Also, the Arins are the Beyoncé of Andals, they are a little bit more respected than the rest of them. And I think it is because he was the son of Hugor, and Hugor of the Hills was the Hammer of the Hills. The first thing we are told is that in those days, it seems like the Andals fought in bands behind chieftains who the later septons would name kings. So even though they are saying Hugor was the first Andal king, he was not exactly a king, he was a war chief. So his son wouldn't be a prince nor a king. The Andals at that point were fighting with each other as much as they were fighting with the first men, but suddenly the Hammer of the Hills died and everyone united and chose a 17-year-old leader. This guy was important to everyone, and he would be important if indeed was the dude that had the dream and led them there. And after his death, they united and chosen the leader, his great warrior son. Not only the name Hammer of the Hills is extremely similar to Hugo of the Hills, he was also killed inside the Vale of Arryn outside of Iron Oaks, so pretty close to the Gates of the Moon, the first castle of House Arryn, and the area that the Arryns are overlords now. Artis Arryn was also born in Westeros, he didn't come from Essos, 
he was born under the giant's lands, so the place, the gates of the moon, was built, and he was born from pure Adel blood. The Aryans say that they were indeed descendants of Hugor, and from this story, it seems to me like they were. Artis was the one that saw the seven stars before the battle, and they must have chosen him for a reason. You don't make your leader a random team guy just because he was a good knight, but if he was not random, then it makes sense. And the hammer guy was definitely Hugor, not only he was of the hills, but his death triggered the Andals to unite. Who? The Andals, that were fighting with ten different people at the same time. I will talk about the faith in detail uh, in a video at some point, but for now the only thing I want to point out is how much the Andals wanted to expand the faith and how they didn't have a problem with magic or slavery. With magic and sacrifices specifically, the Andals in the Lorathia Islands slaughtered the Herrymen in the name of their seven-faced god and took their women and children as slaves. Shuko led the Andals and he slew the seven maidens, not for their crimes, but instead as a sacrifice to his gods. And they took the first Benastrals in Westeros too. We have septons of old talking about visions and dreams, so as with every other religion, the faith was built on magic at first, and they were more than okay with it. And that brings me to that dream again. Almost every Mofo out there had that dream at some point. Aegon, Hugor, Carlon, who united the Lorathia Isles and dreamed of making himself king of all Andals. Freaking Ironborn, because obviously they had similar dreams and prophecies, because they are everywhere in the story. We are the Ironborn, and once we were conquerors. Our wit ran everywhere the sound of the waves was heard. My brother would have you be content with the cold and the dismal north. My niece with even less, but I shall give you Lannisport, Highgarden, the Arbor, Old Town, the Riverlands and the Reeds, the Kingswood and the Rainwood, Dorne and the Marches, the Mountains of the Moon and the Vale of Arryn, Tarth and the Stepstones. I say we take it all, I say we take Westeros. He glanced at the priest, all for the greater glory of our drowned god, to be sure. For half a heartbeat, even Aaron was swept away by the boldness of his words. The priest had dreamed the same dream when first he seen the red comet in the sky. We shall sweep over the green lands with fire and sword, root out the seven gods of the Septons and the white trees of the Northmen. And this isn't the only instance. The Ironborn always try to reach more and more west into the Sunset Sea. There are people that many consider crazy who talk about kingdoms in the west and riches where every man would be king, pretty much Hugo's dreams again, and want the religion to be the only religion. Euron wants to be king of everything, apparently, and in general, many other Ironborn, like the Grey Irons and the Horse, channel their inner conqueror. And reading all this, I'm starting to believe Valyrians did all this shit because they saw something and thought, I want to be a hero, Valyria advanced. This is it for today's video. I will do more videos on Andals, obviously, because they have done way more than what they are saying. Next video is going to be the Lizard Babies video. Um, if you enjoyed this one, press a like, subscribe to the channel for more, and thanks for watching. Bye!